Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, December 18th edition of the Basement Academy. What a joy to gather with you this morning in this way on the heels of yesterday's uh, gathered worship service at Greenwich. Um, yeah, the richness of music, of song, of the story, of the children, of the instruments, uh, and the gathering of God's people. Mm. And so we shift to the final topic uh, this week, the last word on heaven. And we talk about the new Jerusalem. And so it's so fitting and appropriate that one of our five Psalms talks about the holy city of God. And so Psalm 48 for our morning prayer. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, his holy mountain. It is beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth. Like the utmost heights of Zaphon is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they, get, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astounded. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there, pain like that of a woman in labor. You destroyed them like ships of Tarshish, shattered by an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen. In the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Count her towers. Consider well her ramparts. View her citadels that you may tell of them to the next generation. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Amen and amen. So appropriate as we come now to read the last portion of the book of Revelation. So now, as Peterson frames it in his chapter, chapter 12, the last word on heaven. And so uh, Revelation chapter 21 in its entirety and then the first few verses of chapter 22, we have a picture of heaven. Now, I'm not sure how you picture heaven, but this is how scripture pictures heaven. Uh, Peterson has this hilarious um, <laughs> uh, ex uh, little portion in, in chapter 12. This is page 174. Many people want to go to heaven the way they want to go to Florida. <laughs> they think that the weather will be an improvement and the people decent. But the biblical heaven is not a nice environment far removed from the stress of hard city life. It is the invasion of the city by the city. 
We enter heaven not by escaping what we don't like, but by the sanctification of the place in which God has placed us. <laughs> Eugene Peters is an acquired taste for many. I mean, I've loved him from the beginning, but some have to warm up to him. It's his humor. <laughs> Most people want to go to heaven the way they want to go to Florida. And it's true, isn't it? Heaven's just better, right? No knuckleheads. The weather's great. But most of us might think of heaven not in terms of a city, but in terms of kind of a pastoral landscape with great golf courses. <laughs> so anyway, let me read chapter 21 of Revelation. It's going to take, uh, you know, a minute or two. It's, it's fairly lengthy chapter. But listen. And, 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 you know, we pray for God to give us ears to hear, but may God give us eyes to see. There's very visual realities here. So chapter 21 of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. 
The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length, and as wide and high as it is long. He measured its wall, and it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, pearly gates, (laughs) each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hmm. I'll read chapter 22 tomorrow. Okay, that's a lot of reading I've done for you. Sorry about that, between the psalm and the chapter 21. And so heaven is presented to us as a holy city. And so there's an echo. John is making allusions throughout the book of Revelation. And so Isaiah chapter 65, I think I've got that in here. Isaiah 65 Verse 17, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Ah, of course, Isaiah written centuries earlier in a time when Israel was facing exile. Jerusalem was to be destroyed. And so Jerusalem as the holy city, Jerusalem as the place where God dwells, the dwelling of God is now with men. That separation that began in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were banished, now there's a reunion. (laughs) No longer are men kicked out, but now there is a welcoming in. And so Jerusalem stands as the place where God dwells. And, and, you know, we've had a a weekend in between and, 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 you know, plenty of other stuff going on in our lives. So we've forgotten what we were just reading in chapters uh, 18, right? (laughs) Uh, Chapters 18 and 19, 17, 18 and 19. And so we had a contrast. We talked about the contrast. Babylon, the unholy city, that stands in opposition to God is pictured as a prostitute or a great whore riding uh, this this, uh, dragon, right? 
And so, so you've got Babylon, the, 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 the unholy city, pictured as a prostitute. Jerusalem, the holy city, pictured as a bride. So there's this contrast here. The prostitute is only concerned with getting, just, you know, selling, selling herself just to get the bride interested in giving, joining in intimacy and intimate union with, with the bridegroom. And so this is the completion of that contrast that we saw um, uh, last week and week before. And so Jerusalem and Babylon are functioning here in representative ways, in figurative ways. It's hard for us to understand that and remember that, but so much of what John's doing is figurative, is representative, is metaphoric. Not that it doesn't mean it's not true, it's, it's, it's not that heaven is, you know, a 12 by 12, you know, city. It's it, what we have a representation here. And Jerusalem is that city where God chose for his name to dwell. And this stretches us all the way back to the early parts of the Old Testament. Even as they're wandering, I am going to choose a place for my name to dwell and you're going to come and worship there. And so the temple uh, is established. And so there's a sense in which we begin to taste or enter Jerusalem right where we live, or we can experience Babylon right where we live. In the same way I talked about Armageddon is, is met anywhere there is the clash of these two kingdoms or these two cities. Armageddon, yeah, it's a place over in Israel, but, but Armageddon speaks representatively or figuratively of the place of spiritual conflict when the kingdoms come uh, against each other. And so when we go to worship on Sunday morning and we light the candles, Christ is among the lampstand. We're entering into the holy city. We're getting a foretaste of that heavenly banquet when we come to the Lord's table. That's the foretaste of the wedding supper of the Lamb. We talked about that last week. When we gather in worship and we're singing praise, <laughs> we are in the presence of God. God is dwelling with us. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so we begin to enter into the holy city in our worship services. We gather as God's people from east and west and north and south and we are reconciled with God and we are reconciled with one another. The peace of the Lord be with you and also with you and we share the peace of Christ. Where else on planet earth do people live like that? In the new Jerusalem, in the holy city, <laughs> in Christian worship, we gather at peace with one another. So, there's a reality wherever we live in Haymarket and Bristow and Warrington and Bealton and, and Manassas and, and, and wherever we live, we experience, we can begin to experience Jerusalem and Babylon. John's writing a pastoral letter in the present. He's helping to encourage these seven churches that are being persecuted. There is something that's going to happen at the end of time. I certainly believe that. But when we gather in worship, we begin to taste that. And so John wants us to understand we can begin to wipe our tears now knowing that our tears will fully be wiped away one day. 
And so what helps to dry our tears, our suffering, our anguish, our hurt, and our pain now is the comforting understanding and knowledge that one day (laughs) there will be no sin, no darkness, no mourning, no crying, no pain, no suffering, no death. And so we live today in light of that future reality. Now, last thing I want to point out, and then we'll, we'll pick up uh, tomorrow and talk more about heaven, which I, I enjoy. What we have here in the, this, this city that descends, it, it, there's a picture of fulfillment going on. So, you know, praying for eyes to see. And so we have this series of twelves that is presented to us. And so it has 12 gates, 12 angels at those gates. On the gates were the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then three on the east, three on the west, three on the north, three on the south. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So he makes reference to the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. There's that old covenant, new covenant fulfillment. And so we have this series of 12s and then it gets measured out and we have multiples of 12, 12 times 12 times 1,000, 144,000, uh, I'm sorry, the 12,000 stati and then the 144 cubits. And so you have these, these the, the measurement or the acknowledgement of the 12s. Well, what's going on? It is covenantal fulfillment. 12 is the covenantal number. The covenant community, 12 tribes. The covenant, the new covenant community, 12 apostles. And so we have covenantal wholeness. The faithful from the old covenant and the faithful from the new covenant join together in a new community, right? A new heaven and a new earth, reconciled. But it's not only wholeness, it's holiness. There is no impurity there. Um, It's in pretty strong language. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters and all liars, they're tossed into the fiery lake. Nothing impure. There is holiness. There is purity. There is goodness. You've got this gold and the pearly gates and these beautiful, precious stones. And so it's beauty, it's goodness and truth come to wholeness, come to fulfillment But there is this other theme of fulfillment that we might miss because we're not that familiar with the uh, Old Old Testament. There are covenantal promises. When God enters into covenant with his people, he promises to dwell with them. And this is significant because Adam and Eve are banished from the garden away from the presence of God. They go to live east of Eden. They're outside the presence, outside the garden, away from God. And so instead of making our own way back to Eden, that's salvation by our own means, right? The last word on salvation, God is the one who acts in salvation. So God brings to us, he comes to dwell with us. And so in Leviticus chapter 26, you probably haven't read Leviticus in a while, right? Leviticus 26, I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. 
I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Oof. And so in this covenant fulfillment in the, the, the Ten Commandments that, that, are, that, that, that are given, God promises. And then the tabernacle is the foreshadowing of the temple, which is the foreshadowing of heaven. And so the tabernacle becomes that movable temple as the people move throughout the wilderness on their journey to the promised land. God's dwelling is with them, but it's, it's limited access, right? Only the priests can go into that Holy of Holies. And then they get to the promised land and the temple is built. But similarly, there is a curtain and the, whole, the, the priest goes into the Holy of Holies uh, on the Day of Atonement. And then when Jesus Christ is crucified, that curtain temple is torn in two from top to bottom. All of a sudden, whoa. And, and this language of the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that God is dwelling among his people, not only in the tabernacle, not only in the temple, but now in the person of Jesus Christ. And then that, 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 that presence of God is opened, right? And then Ezekiel chapter 37, which is the dry bones chapter, uh, the, the foretelling of, of resurrection. And then uh, in this new covenantal framework, I will make a covenant of peace with them and it will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my peoples. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. And so John, as he pictures the, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, now the dwelling of God is with men, the fulfillment of these ancient covenantal promises and prophecies. The hope and the longing is that one day we will dwell with God. <laughs> and so we have this pictured now. So let, let me close here and we'll pick up tomorrow. We'll read uh, chapter 22. But I want you to think about the presence of God dwelling in his presence, him dwelling in your presence. Ooh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the gifts and graces that are ours through Jesus Christ and the power of your spirit and the community of the faithful. And we thank you for gathered worship and the ways in which we begin to taste uh, of heaven. And so wipe the tears from our eyes even this day as we anticipate that great day when there will be no more death or mourning, no sighing, no, no, no pain. And so Lord, we bless you and thank you for the access we have now to heaven through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the peace and presence and joy and hope and strength and power of God abide with you this day and forevermore. Amen.